Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Professor Doug Holden joins us. He's the director of the China Institute of the University of Alberta. We've spoken with Professor Holden in the past. He, last November, uh, led a delegation to uh, China, a delegation of Canadians to China, which included former cabinet ministers. Professor Holden, thank you very much for the time. And last November sounds like a million years ago. It does seem a million years ago, partly because it's been a few months, but partly simply because there's been so much happening since then. It seems like another world, another era. When you were in China in November, was there any inkling of any kind that anything was going on that was untoward? There wasn't. However, and I don't want to sound paranoid here, but I'm in my 34th year of work on China. I have a gut feeling that this virus may already have been loose by that time frame. I mean, we're beginning to see some echoes of intelligence from Western countries that in November already there were there were issues. Uh, there certainly weren't any lockdowns. There might should have might well have been would have been advantageous have been been so. But I'm beginning to believe that it was already loose and perhaps circulating very quietly in some nooks or, cor- or, or, or corners of the country at that time. If it wasn't circulating, it was about to within a matter of days. Yeah, you mentioned the intelligence report. Uh, I saw a story about uh, an American military medical intelligence unit that had apparently, in November, been issuing warnings to the United States military that they believe from their intercepts and from various intelligence gathering tools that they have that there was something going on that could be a pandemic-related, and they were alerting the military to take uh, precautionary actions. Nothing apparently was done, but... It just seems like it, it just arrived in, a, in an awful hurry. Uh, and, and now we're being told that Wuhan is opening up. And I spoke with a Washington Post reporter earlier. The people of Wuhan are being uh, cautious. Clearly, they've been locked up for 74 days. It's, you know, seeing the light of day again would be, uh, would be uh, uh, an emotional experience, I'm sure. But can we believe what's coming out of China? Can we believe them when they tell us that uh, Wuhan is, you know, up and running and essentially back to normal? Well, I always take all things Chinese with a grain of salt. Um, however, in 2020, even with lockdowns and without people being able to go in or out of China, there is no shortage of external connections now. There are foreigners, a few foreigners still in Wuhan, in the province, and lots in Beijing and other cities. So you do get a, there is a way to check some of the information coming out. And I, I tend to believe that they are in an opening up mode. I think it's not necessarily risk free. China's saying publicly now that their cases are coming almost entirely from people who have returned, usually Chinese nationals returning to China. But they're, you know, they, they don't have necessarily stamped out every ember of the fire that burnt through that huge province. So mm-hmm. yes, I think uh, that it's reopening. Uh, is there a risk of reinfection? I'm sure there is, and I bet they're all over that. Uh, but to discount entirely that Wuhan is open is, is, is not unlikely to be accurate because we're getting some credible sources who are saying that it is open. Uh, China is exporting a fair bit of PPE to a number of nations, but uh, there are stories that exports of their best PPE is to nations that uh, China has influence over or is trying to influence directly. 
Would the Beijing government, would the Xi government use the pandemic for political gain, do you think? Well, absolutely. I mean, our, the China Institute put out a short piece last week about China's aid um, program of, of medical equipment and assistance internationally. It's a wide range of, of countries, and it comes in various forms. Some is clearly donations, often to less developed countries, some of their favorites, some of their near allies. There's also a steady flow of exports from private companies uh, to health units and other private companies globally. So it's a mix of profit-seeking and influence-seeking. I think both are going on at the same time. President Trump uh, is continuing to challenge China on a virtually a daily basis and uh, also challenging the World Health Organization, which he has said is China-centric, and the president has suggested uh, the United States may withdraw financial support for that United Nations agency, and that's been echoed by others in, in Congress like South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. How's all this going to play with the Xi Jinping government? And I'll add a writer to that question. A number of analysts have been suggesting that the sustained growth of China's military is not by accident, and that China, the Beijing, will not hesitate to leverage its military capability internationally uh, at this time. Is that paranoia, or is it reasonable thinking? Well, I think it's a, there's an element of truth in that. I would note that certainly Chinese military capacity is growing, and it's been growing in relative terms as well. In other words, like the U.S. dominance, still the most powerful military on Earth, but that gap uh, between the two is narrowing as China improves both the quality and quantity of its, uh, its armaments. Uh, however, China tends to be a rather small-c conservative country when it comes to the use of military force. Um, partly because of its own quite tragic history. They're not quick to employ military force. Uh, they certainly are capable of using it and have used it in the past, in Korea, with India, uh, with Vietnam, etc. But it's not a hair trigger. They tend to be very cautious. So I would argue what they're doing right now is mainly building soft power, influence, uh, political influence, cultural influence, trying to shift the narrative of China in a positive direction, as opposed to be part of a military-led um, strategy. Professor Holden, one more question for you. Uh, Canada's relationship with Beijing, with the Xi government today, um, a Chinese government official has praised our national, our federal health minister for not having supported closing airports uh, to flights from China. And uh, at the same time, we still have the two Michaels imprisoned in China. How would you describe the relationship that Canada has with China, and what does Canada need to do to, uh, or China need to do, to get it on a better footing? Well, I think those are, um, it's a really important question. Uh, I'd argue that the relationship is still really in the deep freeze. Uh, even before the closure of borders by both countries, there were no high-level delegations. The uh, um, Track 2 diplomacy group that I led in November was in the absence of any ministerial contact. There haven't been ministerial visits through the whole of 2019 um, to Canada from China. Um, the, the, the central problem remains. Uh, the two Michaels, uh, Kovrig and Spavor, who are locked up in a Chinese jail in retaliation for our detention uh, of the CFO of Huawei. That freeze that is still there and in place, and there's no obvious way as yet to solve it. Now, there's been a marginal improvement because 
ironically, of the COVID-19. China is pleased that we didn't shut borders. In retrospect, we might well have done so to our advantage. But in any case, they appreciated that. We sent some medical equipment to them uh, with the flights that went to bring Canadians back home. They have appreciated that, said so publicly, and are sending some donations, but also commercial supplies to Canada. So I'd argue that marginal improvement in what is still a very frozen and negative relationship. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.